0: Hey, it's Lefia And it's Edgar. And welcome to Minority Report. This week, we talk Democratic debates, Ninja, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> so, over the past two nights, <laughs> yes. we had the political. second... The second round of the Democratic primary debates. Mm, yes. Twenty candidates go in. All of them come out. Everyone is confused <laughs> after.
1: <laughs> I uh so fun. So fun. This is this is a great time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so fun. Um I think you and I have mentioned it before on the pod, but both of us are kind of like at the risk of sounding politically disillusioned.
1: I think we will sound politically disillusioned. <laughs> I think
0: we are politically disillusioned. Yes. But
1: I, I at least I know I am.
0: Yeah. But like, we're gonna vote for whoever. whoever. <laughs>
1: yes. It does not matter who wins the democratic primary like, gets the spot.
0: The minute we choose I'm gonna take time off work and I'll go knock on doors for them. I'll do whatever.
1: I'm gonna go hardcore for whoever this person oh, is. Hell, hardcore, yeah. Hard hardcore, fucking core. <laughs> and I know they're still going to lose. That's the sad. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> okay, I don't mean to be very pessimistic so early. We'll get into the actual debates and just thoughts and feelings. And all
0: right, so night one was on Tuesday. Yes. Night two, yeah, last night on
1: Wednesday. And I have to make a confession just starting off, and I know people are going to be like, then why do I care? I did not get to watch both the debates. I actually had, I was busy both nights, surprisingly. I actually had stuff to do. Uh, Wild. so yeah so i miss them however
0: this is this this just makes us sound even more politically politically,
1: however i will say i have like watched all the recaps i've read all the stories i'm like i mean i'm in it i know what happened we're
0: uh, like we've done everything we can except watch watch it yes yes yes.
1: (laughs) i was like reading recaps Uh, can i say like i don't know any of my friends that actually watched it like people aren't watching these
0: Every, because everyone we know is as disillusioned you as we are. You remember
1: when debate, like the 2016 debates, we were we, Dude, were, we watching, were we were going to the theater to watch these debates. Dude,
0: I know we had like legit watch parties, parties. and we would oh, like yeah.
1: discuss yes. during and after. Pain. It and was like it's just not a thing anymore.
0: I mean, here's the thing: I think before it was like Bernie and Hillary, and that's what it was, right? Yeah. Like that's what yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what 2016 was. Yes. Right now, there's like too many. It's too many. It's too many. It's too many cooks. Too many cooks.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there, there are front runners, though.
0: There are front runners. So let's talk about night one. Yeah, night one. Who do we feel amongst all of those candidates came out on top?
1: This was very interesting because I saw um, a lot of... Uh, so I read the recaps. I saw what people were saying. And it was so interesting to see how... Everyone was so mixed.
0: There's no consensus.
1: Um, I think what I generally saw was Elizabeth Warren really held her own. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie did a lot of backing each other up, um, which was very rare for these debates. These debates have been characterized by people just going ham on each other. Yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) like people are tearing each
1: other apart. Yes. yes. I mean, there were were moments where like minor – uh, quote-unquote minor yeah. candidates sort of shown through. I and mean, then night one
0: was a little bit more civil. Right.
1: And then we had surprises like, you know, people who we thought may have been considered a frontrunner aren't doing so hot. Like Beto, of course, isn't doing as hot as some people were expecting. Him to do, yeah. Um. So I. Yeah, but however, he also like there was people who really appreciated his appearance uh, at the debate. He was one of the first to mention Flint. Like he actually talked about Flint out on the national stage. Was the first Democrat to do that. Um. So that's kind of it's kind of crazy that that's yeah. happening. Um. So I don't know. I I just I saw a lot of mixed reactions to especially night one. I think night two had a little more clear, quote unquote, winners. Whereas night yeah. one was a little more mixed.
0: I feel like night one was a little bit more like amicable amongst all the candidates, especially yeah. when you saw like Warren and Sanders backing each other up. I feel like night one was more of like a moderate versus progressive standpoint. Yes. Which we Whereas, should talk about. Yeah. yeah. Whereas night two was like, we are going to in go after people individually. Yes. yes. So... Night one was definitely, like, moderate candidates talking right. about moderate solutions and right. talking about how, like, far-left progressive solutions aren't realistic. They're not viable. Or they, might, don't scare, the money. Right. they, they scare might scare people, people away. Off. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, which and is so stupid. It's such a stupid it, argument, it's, but whatever. It's a really dumb argument. Yeah. And, you know, I think all Warren Buttigieg, and Sanders really made good points. I think Warren was like I'm really tired of people running for president and just talking about what we can't do. Um Buttigieg right. made a point that like Republicans are going to say that we're crazy solo- socialists no yes. matter what policies we're pushing yes, forward. Yes, exactly,
1: which is ding ding ding, he hit the nail on the head there. It does not fucking matter what like if you think we're moderate or not. Or, well, it doesn't matter because the way Republicans will spin this is that we are crazy liberals yeah that's it so it doesn't matter but i digress i digress
0: yeah and you had a lot of you had you know some people shining through um you had the governor of montana who you know bullock who laid in the game a little bit but like he he also makes a good point he's like listen i'm a democrat who won in a red state i'm a democrat who won a statewide election in a state that voted for trump right um
1: Right, and he's a governor, which there's not a lot of um, candidates who come from a position where they actually made final votes and final decisions. Yeah, you had a, um,
0: you have a lot of senators right, running right, right now, right right, 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 A lot of congressmen running right. right now,
1: and not to say that those aren't powerful, important positions, but they are part of a whole. Right, mm-hmm. their vote is counted amongst the whole. Um, um, usually, so for presidencies, you usually see people like governors running. They're yeah. the people who are most like trusted yeah. to run for president. But yeah.
0: So night one was truly like yeah progressive versus moderate which way yeah. do we want to go which yeah. way yeah. is best for the party right now yeah. which way is the best to defeat trump yep yeah. night yeah. two yes was a little more spicy
1: yeah it was yeah it was <laughs> spicy night two was how we, like how can we knock out Joe Biden out of this.
0: Yeah, night two was literally like Like, fuck
1: Joe Biden. Fuck (laughs) Joe Biden because
0: he is polling the best right now.
1: Yes, so Joe Biden is the clear front runner, and it's not even close. Like he is the front runner. Yeah, Um, he's
0: like polling in the thirties, and the next highest candidate, Elizabeth Warren, is at
1: like fifteen percent. Right. So it's like he's the one to knock down, and he, you know, he has the a uh, uh, name recognition. He has huge national name recognition. He had an executive position, vice president, and he was vice president under Obama, a well-beloved president. Yeah, and uh, he's Which we'll talk about, too.
0: And he's had 50 years in public service. He has the most baggage, too. Yes, of course.
1: <laughs> of course. So, d- dude... Dude, he's the to he's the one to defeat for sure. For and sure. They and came to play. They came oh, to play. Yeah. Especially Booker and Kamala Harris.
0: Booker and Harris have probably been like the most hard on Biden yes. and Biden was Right in between yeah. both of them, I CNN know. knew exactly it what was, they were doing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was so- and it was it was <laughs> like was just like left, right. Oh my god, like, was, I'm getting stabbed everywhere. It was, it was one like scissor man. Other, I know, man. <laughs> it was like stabbed over and over.
0: It's like Kamala Harris kept like punching him in the face. Yeah, and then Booker like. Did like a quick kick to the nuts. Yeah, for you know, real. I feel for like that's one, kind two, of <laughs> yes, it was a wombo combo. Like, that's kind <laughs> of what uh,
1: But surprisingly, I will say, uh, depending on who like the recappers and the people reading it, some people thought that he he didn't necessarily like go above and beyond, but he held his own.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, he definitely did better than he did in the first debate for sure.
1: And it's so early that we can't like we don't know poll numbers yet, but it's looking like he is holding steady. Yeah. Which is very interesting. It very, is very, very interesting.
0: interesting. Another theme of the night was let's attack Obama. Yes. An so- Obama-era policy.
1: Right, which was like a strategy to attack Joe Biden.
0: Basically. Right. Um And I, I think it's an interesting, like... Workaround. Joe Biden also sort of like made a weird point where he's like, "I'm not going to reveal private counsel that I gave to the president during <laughs> right, <laughs> while right, we right. were in office." He's like,
1: "I'm no snitch, unlike some yeah. <laughs> people I know." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. Fun- that was an interesting moment. He
0: basically called De Blasio a little snitch, and yeah. I thought yeah, yeah, it yeah. was great. Yeah. I was like, "God damn, Biden,
1: yeah. that's yeah. hilarious!" That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um,
0: but yeah, Biden definitely like. I I don't want I don't know if he held his own, but he definitely like was blocking them punches. Yes, he you would, know what I mean. Yeah, so he didn't.
1: It's not like he gained anything, but he didn't lose anything. Yeah. He just sort of stayed stationary. However, those attacking him did sort of gain a little bit. Yeah,
0: they obviously like they want more name recognition and they want people to know like, hey, Biden's right. not like right. as great as you think he is. Right. right. The only other problem is that. All of the other candidates also have baggage. Yes, and that was also brought up. Um, yes. One of the more prominent moments of the night was uh, Tulsi Gubbard, a representative from Hawaii. Oh my god, this was
1: fucking nuts, dude.
0: Coming, you know, kind of like dude, hard at yes, Kamala Harris.
1: Harris's neck out, like yeah,
0: like crap, coming god. hard for Kamala Harris. At, <laughs> yes, you know, um, oh. after her. Record as a public defender, oh, or not Harris- public defender, but like as an attorney.
1: Yeah, Harris was absolutely furious. Like, you could oh, read her face. Yeah. She wanted to tear her head off. Oh my Holy God. Fuck. That was it intense.
0: was real. And like, on- but honestly, that was her face every time anyone True. said something against True. her. And like, True. you could tell she- she's
1: already like writing how I'm going to yeah, kill dude, this person. Yeah, you
0: could totally <laughs> tell that this woman was a high school debater. This yes. person did Lincoln yeah, Douglass, for real. Douglas. This person. For you know, real. She was obvious. She's obviously like a r- <laughs> really astute lawyer and <laughs> yes. was for a long time. Yeah, she's she was intimidating, like, man. She was doing like a true LD debate style where she was just like writing. She was like, oh, keep talking, again. keep talking. Yeah, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then would look at her notes and then just
1: like boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. boom. Yeah. Which I, I gotta say is good. So here's what like I'm very split. My heart is very split, and especially when it comes to uh, night two, because we, we and we were talking a little bit before we recorded. The idea of a debate is to debate. Let's have people dishing it out, debating their policies, debating everything, except they weren't really. Doing that. They weren't they were sort debating of platforms right. or
0: policies. They were attacking each other each for other. the sins of their past. Right.
1: Which also I think is kind of a really dumb strategy. Because while it may get you ahead right now, in the long run against Donald Trump, you're literally doing Donald Trump's work for him because everyone's gonna be discredited, everyone's gonna have so much baggage, everyone's gonna look horrible, and Donald Trump's just gonna come in and sweep up. And that's my fear here. Yeah,
0: I mean like Legitimately, the way to go about these debates should be like, all right, everyone has released their tax plan. Everyone has released their healthcare plan. Now let's fold. And like everybody has yes. talked about their stance on immigration. Right, 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 right. Now let's fucking go in on that yes. and say like the specifics. Granted, there were times in night two where it got a little too into the weeds, especially when it came to everybody's healthcare plans. Like people were talking about the nitty gritty, but they were talking lots of numbers and how like (laughs) (laughs) three—it's going to raise the debt by three trillion, but twenty percent people, like twenty percent of people, won't have this, and like seventy percent of people this, and ever like you—that's
1: how you lose people so quick, man.
0: I mean, like. I I get it, though.
1: I get it, though. I get it. Because the opposite is Donald Trump being like, "Ah, it's going to be better. It's going to be bigger numbers. That's it. Like, that's all he says. I mean,
0: like, but I shouldn't have to be, like, a political analyst slash finance, you know, like, genius to figure out what the fuck Fuck, you're saying.
1: For sure. No, 100%. I think Night 2 was the most interesting because – it is like a microcosm of what we're talking about here, which is Democrats are sort of missing the, the point here. Um, night one, you saw Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, I think actually handling quite uh, uh, quite well, where they are like, hey, we're different. We have differences, but we, let's back each other up because we agree on almost everything. Like, almost everything we are actually agreeing on.
0: Like, all the Democrats are go- are just shades of gray.
1: Right. Like... Right. So why
0: everyone wants the same big picture shit?
1: So why are we killing each other? And it goes back to the whole Obama thing, which is very interesting um, as a way to discredit Biden, of course, but also to sort of rebuke uh, past policies that Democratic presidents have done. Uh, And of course, there's a lot of people who, who are like, you know, Obama didn't do so hot. Maybe we can do differently. And I get that. I truly do. In any other election, in any other world, I would have been like, totally fair. But in the election against Donald Trump, I say, who gives a shit? Who cares? Like, I understand that Obama may have done some horrible things, but it doesn't fucking matter. Obama's not been president for four years. It is Donald Trump who's president. Let's focus on the prize. Uh, And there were a few moments when people were like, but the real enemy, number one, is Trump. Public enemy
0: number one, Trump.
1: So then why was the debate not about that? And Trump I, was Trump tweeted. Trump was fucking Trump was Dude. Dude, Trump knew exactly what happened. He was having the best time of his life. He tweeted, he was like, Well, doing the job for me. Like, yeah. literally, no one can no one can make America great. Like, I got this. These people suck. And you're like, fuck. Like, he's he has the right strategy. Like, he's totally oh, yeah. discrediting he know- everything he, because they're killing each other.
0: Yeah, he knows that. The, that what we're doing right now is setting him up for success. And honestly, like, we're kind of squandering the best chance we had. Like, we had a lot of momentum after 2016. I know. After, not 2016. Know. After the 2018 midterms, right. like, there's a lot of yes, unity. Dude. There was a lot of that messaging. And it's like, why aren't we talking about the strides that we made in 2018 and how to keep that momentum going? Right. Like, right. there... It feels, I think the, the reason a lot of people are disillusioned is because it feels like a backslide a little right. bit. it does. And at the end of the day, like, we all want the same thing. Right. So let's, like, not fucking kill each other over the sins of our past and not fucking kill right. each other over, like, personal grievances. That don't and matter. freaking figure yes. out yes. policy.
1: Because, here. and I hate to say it because I'm going to sound like a totally ignorant a uh, 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 person, like a U.S. citizen here, but I, I literally, any of these candidates, any of these candidates, I would vote for against Donald Trump. I
0: mean, I don't think you sound like ignorant I'm at all. I, I'm just being honest.
1: I'm just being honest. Yeah,
0: I don't think you sound that at all because I think that's what a lot of people are feeling. There's just too many people. I think it will be interesting. So the next debate mm-hmm. is going to cull down the number of candidates quite a bit because you have to meet minimum poll requirements and minimum fundraising requirements in order to qualify for the next debates, which are going to be in September in H town. So hopefully we'll see like a reduced field. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's just like, I like five is even good for me. Like five is too many. I want to make that clear. Five is too many, Yeah, but it would be better than the clusterfuck that we have right now
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um and you know when it comes to primaries and political debates it's always interesting to see that it kind of doesn't matter because there's like dark horses that sort of just I, i guess what i'm saying is it's so volatile a political race is so volatile anything could happen and i think donald trump proved that so sure right now Joe Biden may be the front runner and it looks like he is well ahead of the next closest candidate but But literally who fucking knows who fucking knows anything could happen um, like I, I was telling Olivia just put all the names in a hat pull a name and that's the person that we're all getting behind that person that's yeah, what man. I want
0: we were talking about like Marianne Williamson who is I think like the almost the literal opposite of Trump she's yes. like a self-help author yes. who like wants this huge yes. plan for reparations which I
1: think is great she also had a hilarious ass oh line my about God. dark psychic forces yes
0: <laughs> about the dark psychic energy <laughs> yes. like just shrouding America right now
1: we which I mean, fair, fair, kind of though, you
0: know. <laughs> I feel like. I would much
1: rather the self-help author than Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm man. Honest. I'm being honest.
0: Yeah. I'd vote for Marianne Williamson if she
1: was the candidate. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Because,
0: like, and here's the thing that we've said over and over: I will vote for anyone.
1: Okay, so <laughs> okay, so we've said that, but let's try to let's try to be a little uh, a little more solid in our intentions. Who who do, who's your personal favorite right now? Right now.
0: Right now, I think politically, I probably align with Bernie the most because I'm super left. Yeah. But I think Warren has, like, a good in-between. good chance. Yeah. Someone, I think it was, like, one of the videos we watched where it was, like, Warren wants to keep the structure of the house and just gut it from the inside, whereas Bernie wants to, like, knock the house down, and I think Warren's probably, like right on the money where she's like, all right, let's keep the frame of the house and let's gut it. I, it, it,
1: I'm, I think I'm exactly with you, but I think right now I probably favor Warren. Um, because I think she's, she's someone who can antagonize Donald Trump.
0: Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I think, I think she has the right
1: level of, so can Bernie though. So so can Bernie. Bernie. But
0: I think, I think Warren has like the right level of everything. She's just like, Just the right amount of capitalists. She's just the right amount. Like she has that credibility when she went after the banks. Right. Um, She has a lot of financial knowledge, which I think is really like important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you know, she is like a seasoned Senator. Yes.
1: If I had to pick, she's my number one choice right now, followed closely by Bernie. And then if all else fails, like fucking, I don't care. Get fucking Biden in there, I guess, whatever. Yeah. I feel like people would like. I'll vote for would Mayor get, Pete. He, yeah, for real. i vote for all of them. Yeah, forever. Uh, uh, anyways, all right, that has been our coverage of the two of the two nights of Democratic debates. Um, interesting to see where we'll be in September because a lot could happen. One of our former favorite, or not former favorite, but one of our favorites, Beto, of course, has been struggling financially. Um, he has so, i get so many better so work many fundraising emails, <laughs> emails. <laughs> holy fuck i know so it's like at least
0: they ain't texting because they used to text oh, a dude, lot they did, they during, did. The yes. senate so race. during the senate
1: race yes yeah. so like you know you never know but that could easily change overnight and even with his woes i think he still has enough to qualify for september but you never know like anything is you totally never possible no i think it was like a good portion of the candidates were actually self-funded up there, which is very interesting to me. Um, which could either mean if, you know, they made a name for themselves at these debates, maybe they can get some funding, but they may just be gone. Like they may yeah. just not have enough money to continue doing it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We'll check back in, uh, in September coming up. So be ready for we'll that. We'll see. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh Crazy news story that just broke today. I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk about. Um, famous, super famous uh, uh, esports um, figure, uh, Ninja, of course, just really a personality. Um, he used to be an esports uh, person, uh, or e-person. e
0: person. <laughs> he used to be an e person. <laughs> he used to be an esports athlete E-Harmony. for the uh,
1: for the Halo series of games, and then he sort of uh, became who he is while playing Fortnite. So he was he was obviously established before, but he really became the ninja that we know today playing Fortnite. The big news is that he has left Twitch, the number one str- uh, uh, live streaming platform right now. Um, to join Microsoft's Mixer, their startup, uh, a Twitch competitor that they launched in 2016. Um, so this is wild for many reasons. One, the rumor is that he was paid an insane amount. The number floating is $100 million.
0: Which makes me so angry. Which is
1: insane. Not because million. I don't
0: think esports isn't legit. I do. But it's just like That's a crazy an unfair. That I'm not
1: a bully. I will yes, uh, it, and it makes sense though because Ninja is literally the number one Twitch streamer, and he, I mean, he's making I think like the numbers out there. He was like easily he would easily make like five hundred thousand dollars in like an hour. Like, oh yeah, dude was. Already a bazillion like... of dollars. So, like, to justify, like, him moving, they would have to provide him with an insane, insane amount. amount of money. Still, it is such an insane amount of money. It is the same amount of money that you would give for a, a, a soccer player like Lionel Messi or uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, a huge amount. Like, LeBron James in the NBA. Like, we're talking massive numbers. Of course, many would argue Ninja is that type of figure for eSports. Yeah, I mean, Um, I would argue it. So, yeah, so let's talk about this. Twitch is finally facing huge competition from Mixer, which a lot of people were not expecting. Uh, Of course, they also face competition from YouTube. Everyone wants to be number one in the streaming game. Do you watch live streams? Are you a live stream person? I am not a live stream person. Interesting.
0: I, I mean, like, I watch when I was you know bright eyed bushy tailed and yeah. not politically disillusioned <laughs> i used to
1: watch live coverage of the debate oh interesting through twitch and stuff
0: not through twitch through but youtube through youtube um, yeah youtube streaming i don't know i haven't really done tw- i haven't really done anything on twitch um since twitch plays pokemon
1: oh yeah that was a that was a great time in history it man. Really was a really
0: great awesome. time yes um yes. but yeah i haven't really touched twitch since then i haven't really touched live streaming right. since then i know like at least working in the media space, everyone's talking about live streaming and the way that they can utilize it. Yes. Um,
1: It's the new hot platform. It's
0: the new hot platform. I remember when like, this was a couple of years ago, but people were like, how do we utilize Periscope? Like, what do we do on YouTube? Yep, like, yep. How, oh, Facebook yep. Live is a thing now. Right, so right. what do we do? So everyone's trying to get in that game. Instagram obviously now also has Instagram Live. Like, everybody is getting in right. on it.
1: Right. So Twi- and, and what's interesting is that Twitch is so far and ahead of everybody else. Um, and they've sort of established themselves as the main player, and they haven't had a lot of competition. So they have um, sort of uh, become sort of stagnant. They don't necessarily release new features. They don't necessarily take care of their content creators in the way that they would like. So it's sort of led to a lot of people being sort of upset. Now, Ninja, of course, is so successful, so huge, that it didn't really matter. Uh, But however, Microsoft poaching him, could mean huge changes for twitch uh also by the way the rumor is that he is not the only one they've poached they're the rumors that they're about to announce a lot more people that they've poached yeah um,
0: i mean i think it's a good i think it's a good Amy strategy stra- though right? right like right here is literally the biggest streamer, streamer. in the world yeah that like, brings
1: you so many viewers to your platform and we took him out that's crazy now dude. he's ours that's insane. That's nuts to think about. Like, your number one moneymaker, we just bought him. He's ours now, later. And of course, that's what you can do with players. These are individuals, they get to decide this, these things. Now, what this means for his future is uncertain. Uh, I will say this is not the first time that something like this has happened. Uh, early in Twitch's history, a very famous esports player who is now uh, CEO of a very successful esports team, uh, uh, Matthew Haig, also known as Nate Shot, left Twitch and joined MLG. Uh, live gaming and that went horribly for both of them uh, and Twitch of course became very successful without them um, but so there there is a precedent so where Twitch is so established that um, maybe it doesn't even matter that Ninja left like they could still survive without him however uh, at that time Nate Shot was nowhere near as big as yeah Ninja is like Literally, every Ninja is a celebrity. You could ask any kid right now who Ninja is, and they, they would know. know. They would know because live streaming sort of missed our generation. I I do actually watch a lot of live streaming because I have a younger brother who is into it, so I've sort of gotten into it with him. Yeah. Uh, but it's really for younger generations who are into this stuff, and they they don't just watch people playing video games. They watch people just living their lives, IRL streams. They are just watching. Oh yeah. People just like go go get a cup of coffee and I mean, it's but a big honestly,
0: thing like i get it because i love terrace house and terrace house <laughs> is basically
1: <laughs> yes. the same thing exactly so <laughs> it's like that and by the way a lot of these people who are streamers they also have big youtube channels they also like they have multiple platforms but ninja here is signing an exclusive deal with Mixer. yeah so he
0: is only like, going I'm to stream only on, mixer. on
1: mixer which is crazy which is wild. yes now I, of course wishing the best of luck to ninja um so now it's like is ninja strong enough to pull his audience from twitch i don't know i don't, I don't know, know if him
0: individually is but like if the rumors are true and microsoft is buying like a
1: whole Dude, batch microsoft, of people Microsoft is literally buying their way into this business it's hilarious yeah man that's kind of funny. i mean
0: they've done it before yeah <laughs> of
1: course oh by the way twitch is owned by amazon so Amazon may be, you know, like, okay, we need to divert some money back into Twitch. We need to do something. Let's grab some, like, another huge player. Like, let's make some exclusive deals. Uh, Although it does kind of make me sad because what if it leads to um, players not being able to play with each other? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if all of a sudden now Ninja can't play with the other sort of bigger Twitch streamers? Uh, Hopefully not. Hopefully everyone is cool and we cross-play, but... You never know. Um, anyways, that's crazy that um, video game slash live streaming slash whatever news uh, is bringing that kind of money and is getting that much attention. I mean, this was a national 100 story, million. yo. I can't even. It was a national story, Edgar. Yes. What would I do with a hundred million dollars?
0: <laughs> no, I was gonna ask if you were a live streamer, like, what kind of live streamer would you be?
1: Oh, I would be. Um, ooh, I guess I would. I would probably be like an IRL streamer, and my focus would be like all the little like weird processes that i'm into like making coffee, shining shoes, like all the like weird little ticks i have cuz people love watching that. They like loves watching someone like make food or uh do like build something or or do a task. So i'd probably do that genre of mm. streaming. Well, how about you?
0: I am fascinated and i wish i had the appetite for mukbangs.
1: Oh, like, like- the Yeah, like the mass amount, like
0: the giant meals that you eat at once. That
1: freaks me out, (laughs)
0: dude. (laughs) (laughs) I like legitimately think that that, or I would have like a, um, I don't know. I feel like I want to do a thing where it's just like the reviews of like the most weird thing, like candle Mm. reviews.
1: Candle reviews. Right. Interesting. I'm into that. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Maybe we should do a minority report IRL <laughs> Twitch stream. <laughs> let Edgar us, will write, shine his yes. shoes,
0: and I will smell candles yeah. and talk about.
1: Write them. it. See. Let us know if that's what you want. <laughs> All right, moving on. So from new media and new interesting crazy things, let's let's go to uh, an old medium, film. The movies. The movies, which is still obviously a, a beloved medium. I don't mean to call it old, but obviously audience numbers are dwindling um, even though movies are breaking all sorts of records because guess what movie tickets are more expensive Um, but anyways uh, yes so let's get into a movie review that's right we actually saw a movie like we saw uh, two two weeks in a row. That's two insane. weeks in a row. We both saw the same movie, not together, like totally independent. And I had no idea you saw this, and
0: I had no idea Edgar had seen it. Yeah,
1: and then we were like, "Oh, we both saw it. Let's talk about it." We have not shared how we feel about this movie. So
0: similar to last time, yes. I don't know we're
1: what going, Edgar is going to say. We're going in fresh. All right, so we are talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the latest film by Quentin Tarantino. I think this is his ninth. ninth ninth movie. The ninth Tarantino film. The ninth Tarantino uh, uh, film starring, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, uh, uh, Margot Robbie, and a whole other wide cast and just like random people like Dakota Fanning's in this movie. Crazy stuff. Yeah.
0: Lena Dunham Uh, is like randomly in this movie Lena Dunham's in
1: this movie randomly too. Um, And it is the story of, or it takes place during the like late 60s, early 70s era of Hollywood. uh, Also during the Manson murders mm-hmm. and sort of the loss of innocence and the new Hollywood uh, so it's a very fascinating time in history and it's obviously one that Quentin Tarantino himself is truly obsessed with um, but yeah so it, it's kind of uh, hard to get into this movie without getting to a lot of spoilers so for the rest of this review we're probably gonna dive deep into some spoilers just move around uh, so if you've not seen the movie I uh, recommend that you if you want to see the movie go see it Come back. If you don't care, then I guess keep listening. Like, keep, yeah. Keep listening. Um, all right. So uh, I want to
0: know what you thought first.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. You want to know what I thought first? I uh, do. I, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I think it's one of Quinn Tarantino's better current, like modern movies. Yeah. Better current modern movies, if that makes sense. I was not a huge fan of Hateful Eight. Um, not a lot of people were. I mean, I like, I mean, it's not like like, all his movies I like to a point, like all, even his like worst movies are generally better than like your normal, like stereotypical blockbuster movie or whatever. You know what I mean? So like they're going to rate a little bit higher. Um, It's never like I've truly like not liked any of his movies. There's just been movies that I like of his way more than I like some of his others. Um, But yeah, so my quick, just like, how did I feel? I actually was totally surprised. I had no idea what was going to happen in this movie. I like did not read any press before. I didn't know any stories. Like I knew, I knew nothing about this movie. I just knew it took place in the sixties and the Manson murders were somehow involved. That's all I knew. Um, But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. That's how I would word it. Pleasantly surprised. How about you?
0: So I liked it. I liked it well enough. It, I had. <laughs> I liked it well enough. Here's oh, a, shit. No, but here's... I have an explanation. Okay, yes. I didn't know anything about this movie going in. Okay. Like, I literally had... Okay. I didn't even so know... So, we we're, were on the same boat. I didn't even know... But I didn't oh. even know the Manson murders were, like, a thing. Oh, okay. Until they okay. started... Until so like... Actually, hold on. They got but, to the ranch, and they started mentioning Charlie, and I was like, wait, what?
1: Wait, hold on, hold on. Before we get into this, did you... Did you know of, like, the his? I know you, you were vaguely... You, you I know you knew of the Manson murders, but, like, were you totally... Aware of them, like no. the store. Okay, no, because a lot
0: of people what, weren't, and that factors into how you it, enjoy the ending. It does factor into how you enjoy the ending, yes. and so like I, <laughs> bad I, shit I, ending, bad shit ending, which like I didn't. We'll talk about it, but <laughs> so, I watched it with someone
1: who had zero idea what the Manson murders were.
0: So like I, I knew Charlie Manson was a guy. I knew he had a cult, and I knew there were some murders, but that's basically all that I noise. knew. Yeah, um, and then. I had no idea who Sharon Tate was. Like
1: legitimately
0: oh, wow. okay. yeah. did not know. Do not know that. A the lot his- of people don't Yeah, though. Don't know don't know that kind of history of old Hollywood. Right. And like that is very much like Quentin Terry is a film buff.
1: Right, right. He right.
0: loves that shit. He loves right. film history. So right. he knows that. Right. I don't
1: Yeah. You it, had no idea. I had okay. no idea
0: walking in. So that's gonna so, be interesting. So while I enjoyed the movie, I was like, huh okay i wish they had given margot robbie's character like a little bit more to do and then i read up on it and i was like
1: oh Mm, okay very interesting
0: this (laughs) makes more sense i feel like i have to go watch it again now that i know yes you know what i mean yeah yeah um there were and like there was a scene where it's a bunch of old hollywood people famous people at a house party and, like, they're all talking about each other, like, they're going around, and, like, I'm just, like, I don't know what anyone's talking about right now. Um, Interesting. And whenever I went back and, like, started reading up on the history, I was, like, oh, shit.
1: Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um uh, like the the quick synopsis of the movie, it's re- it's like a bromance movie, it really. It really is. Uh with Brad Pitt's character and uh Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Leonardo Which they're di- both fantastic in this Le- movie. Yeah, Leo plays a um actor who's sort of uh, towards the end of his career or uh, or he feels he's washed up and Brad Pitt plays uh, his stunt double who also happens to be his sort of uh, driver slash confidant slash like best friend slash personal slash assistant slash personal assistant slash moral support slash whatever like everything for him um, slash handyman like he does his chores and stuff um, and it just goes through like Their time in Hollywood in the '60s, and it's actually very pleasant. Like, it's very pleasant. And you go through the trouser tribulations of Leo as an actor, and you get—I mean, it's—it's great. Like, it is mesmerizing. Leo's such an amazing performer. He's Um, so good. You're totally taken by it. And Brad Pitt kills it too. Brad Pitt. I mean, for a lot of people, Brad Pitt is the heart of the movie. He is like the main character in the movie. Um, although I think they're both co build Yeah, um, I think it's an easy, It's yeah, easily, easily a co-build yeah.
0: movie. It. I mean, like I love the relationship between the, the two of them, but like right. that scene with Leo and the little girl on the oh set God. of that I, like Western show was so amazing great.
1: and hilarious and heartfelt. Like it totally worked. I love the scene where Leo is filming like he's filming and he keeps forgetting his lines and he goes back to his trailer and he, he freaks out freaks out and he like gives himself the most ultimate pet talk and pep talk and I love when he's like he's like talking about how many gin and tonics, like how many drinks he had no whiskey sours how many whiskey sours he had the night before and how it's like totally messing him up today and he's like I couldn't stop at 3 I had to drink 8 like I couldn't stop at 3 I had to drink 8 and then he's like I am never drink. he's talking to himself in the mirror he's like I am never drinking again and then literally cuts to him drinking from his flask the theater lost it it was so Dude, funny so funny and that's a common theme with this movie this is one of Quentin Tarantino's funniest movies like, yeah it is genuinely very comedic and lighthearted and s- strangely wholesome towards know. like in a, it, in a very interesting way um but yeah so obviously the the big sort of news around it is its connection to the Manson murders and they're actually kind of play a very minor part in the film and yeah it, uh, I had
0: a co-worker who was like I do he was like I like the fact that Quentin was just like he knew a bunch of people were fascinated by the Manson murders right. and he's like I'm just not going to give them what they want. Yeah, it's like, who cares?
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and I think when people, like, heard of this movie, that was the thought that the whole movie would sort of be around that. And really, it's just sort of the background of the movie. It's not yeah. really a big thing. Um, there are a few moments where it sort of plays into it. There's a, a, a very tense-filled scene where Brad Pitt actually makes it to uh, uh, the ranch where Charlie and his cult of people were Um, and he he has this very strange interaction with the hippies, the damn dirty hippies. The damn dirty hippies. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And... That was the scene where, like, when she puts her feet up on the dashboard. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about Quentin Tarantino's oh, yeah. his thing foot, with
1: feet. His foot, his foot fetish. So that and a lot of feet shots in this movie. So many uh, foot shots. But in yeah, this that movie. that was sort of interesting because it it also subverts what you think is going to happen because you think it's going to end this horrible way and then it doesn't. No, no. And at all. that should have been your indication that it's going to be it was going to be sort of like a revisionist history of the Manson murders. Like it wasn't going to be strictly. Uh, a, a retelling of the Manson murders.
0: Yeah, because Sharon Tate's murder.
1: Yes. So, Who, she,
0: Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate in this yes, movie. Yes. She was.
1: She was murdered she was in real brutally life. Brutally murdered. Yes, yes. While pregnant. While pregnant. Child, yeah. Her and her uh, uh, three friends also in her house were murdered. Mm-hmm. It was a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, they were amongst many murders that were committed by the Manson family. Of course, famous story. We're not going to go deep into that, but um, this movie. So Sharon Tate is a, is a character in this movie who's rumors were that she was under, or not rumors, but there were people saying that she was underutilized in the film. Um, And actually uh, later on, I found out that more, more dialogue was added to uh, the cut. So she actually has more lines in the cut that was shown at Cannes, which is sort of interesting. Interesting. um, As a sort of appeasement to that criticism. Um, but her handling, I thought, was very sweet and very bittersweet and wholesome. There's a scene yeah. where Sharon Tate is, um, uh, or Margot Robbie, who plays Sharon Tate, is in the theater watching her- herself on on the big screen. However, they're actually showing the real Sharon Tate on the screen. It's yeah. very classy, very touching shot. It, and you can, it was, it was probably the sweetest thing Quentin Tarantino's ever done in his life. I
0: know it. that, that was like, a. <laughs> it was
1: beautiful. It,
0: it was a very sweet moment. And like, you can see her flashing back yes. to like the prep she had done yes, for that movie. Yes, and Lee, like with yes. Bruce Lee.
1: And he plays a hilarious big character in this he movie. He does. And
0: some people, were upset, people, it. Yeah. Yeah, some people oh, were upset by A lot of people, yeah. Like I think his, um, one of his like, yeah students, and yeah. like one of his yeah. family members are just like, Bruce would have never yeah. said any of the things that yeah. like he but, said in that movie,
1: right, right. but it it was sort of seen as like a fantasy version. Of yeah, it. I never took it as like they were making like having fun on his memory at all. Like I never yeah. took it that way. but so I could see how you could see it that way, but I don't know. Um anyways, yes, yeah, so she's flashing back and she's having these interactions. And you see, like, she's, like, reenacting her moves um, in the theater while also watching herself on the screen. And it is just so beautiful. It's um, a very
0: sweet moment. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I was wondering how that played for you since you didn't know about her. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, no. Like, this is so beautiful. But they're totally going to, like, about to kill her. Like, <laughs> they're about to yeah. totally brutally murder her. So
0: I didn't know that was coming. And, like, I knew at that, like, obviously I knew that Margot right. Robbie was playing, like, Whenever they started showing Sharon Tate on screen, right. I was like, yes, she's a real person, right, blah, right, blah, right. blah, blah, all of that. Right. Um, so that that to me was just like, all right, cool. Yeah. We, it was just a
1: nice moment. It, yeah. was, a, it
0: was a nice moment. Right. Um I didn't know what was about to happen. Right. So right. there was that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm yeah i did i mean like i did watch the movie and i was like i wish they had given Margot robbie more to do because I, I just kind of felt like she was there
1: <laughs> yes well and that's like uh that's very uh, um, but they- that is also
0: not going and not knowing right. like sharon tate's whole right. deal i talked about it with a coworker afterwards and like after i read up on the story and he was like yeah i mean Sharon Tate, like, wasn't super famous. She was universally... She wasn't, like... It's not like she was universally loved, right. but she was universally, like, well-liked, right. you know? Um, and so, like, I thought that was an interesting perspective to have, where it's just, like no one really knows a right. lot about what Sharon Tate right. was about.
1: Right, right, Um Yeah, and so, of course, um, let's just get to probably the most controversial part of this movie, which is the revisionist ending um, and so before we get to it, like we almost forget about that part of the movie. Cause before you get to it, you, you go through all this, this, this bromance saga between Brad. And yeah, Leo, it's like their last and, night. Not, yeah, together. And, <laughs> and it's actually very, it is very touching and sweet in, in, in a weird, like macho way, you know, like, uh, um, I don't know. It's Quinn does have interactions between characters that can be sweet. He's had it before. Um, but not quite like this, not quite where they're genuine, like genuinely friends and genuinely care about each other. Um, So that was sort of very interesting um, on its own. But anyways, um, yeah, so they have this epic night. Um, They're going to, you know, Brad's no longer going to work for Leo. So they're going to have their final like hurrah as, as bros, you know, their final hurrah as bros and out in LA. And then they get home very late and, um, this is when the course of history changes forever, according to Quentin, his re- revisionist take on it. Uh, so this is the night that the murders, the uh, um, the Manson murders occur. However, um, after an interaction with um, uh, Leo and the damn dirty hippies who are uh, 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 sort of sc- scoping out the place and Leo hears their car and it's late at night and Leo gets very annoyed because he is just trying to enjoy his private time, his margarita. He's like making a margarita as this happens and he walks out with his jug, his uh, margarita jug and he's like, what are y'all doing? Like, leave my house uh, or leave this area and the hippies leave and then the hippies uh, uh, come up with a new plan. Like, oh, let's murder Rick Dalton played by Leo. Rick Dalton is uh, someone who played a cowboy or an... Um, a bounty hunter um, who kills people on screen. They're like, what if we kill him? Like, he taught us to kill. We'll kill him. It's sort of like a totally, like, twisted revisionist Yeah, it's
0: like a very, just like, mental gymnastics justifying this dude's humor. So
1: instead of, so the plan changes. Instead of going to kill Sharon Tate, um, they are going to kill Rick Dalton. So they go into his house, and Brad's there, and shit goes in. Sane. Shit goes insane. Uh, it is a very violent ending. Uh, it is uh almost unexpected because the movie had not touched on this at all. It
0: was very chill up yeah. until that point. The yeah. most tense it had gotten was that ranch scene. Right,
1: right. And then just shit goes crazy. How did you feel about this? Because a lot of people were split on this scene. A lot of people sort of saw it as a hurrah, like. Fuck the murderers. Like this is like total revenge uh, 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 flick, you know, like revenge porn. Like this is like, fuck them and what they did and what they stood for. Fuck Manson. Um, And then it has this very happy ending with Rick Dalton having drinks with uh, Sharon Tate. You know what I mean? Um, And then other people sort of saw it as like, what the fuck? Like totally altering history being super violent insanely violent, especially towards women because two of the uh, hippies are women. Um, so, I don't know. There are a lot of mixed emotions here. So, how did you feel? Oh, Since you had no idea. I know.
0: I had so no idea. So, all of a sudden, you
1: just see people getting murdered.
0: I know. And, I mean, like, you know you know what it's yeah. about, right? right. Personally, I was, I was fine with it. I thought it was... <laughs> like, it
1: was yeah, gruesome. Yeah. It, yeah. Was,
0: garusa.
1: Yeah, it, it was, was intense. It
0: was intense. Yeah. But, like... That's Tarantino's brand. I knew there yeah. was going to be like right. some sort of right. like. Right. Terrible, right. gruesome yes. sort of scene. Yes. It was going to happen. And it's
1: the longest one of his movies has gone without that. Yeah. Besides like maybe Jackie Brown or whatever.
0: Yeah. So like I knew, I knew that it was going to happen and. And like, there's, it was, it was pretty gnarly. There were some moments where I was like cringing in yes. my seat, yes. you know? It Cause was it was intense. like,
1: ooh, ooh, ooh. It was intense. And
0: then Leo comes out and like. He gets th- a
1: flamethrower, <laughs> dude. Which was pre-established earlier in the film. So Yeah, was,
0: that he knew how to use it. And so, so, so. people were
1: clapping when this happened in my theater. People were hyped. Yeah, dude. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It people, was wild when so he brought that out. In my theater, I have to say, everyone was very excited uh, When this went down, yeah, a lot of people saw it as a big hurrah. So people were cheering. People were very happy. Yeah,
0: I was into it,
1: which is kind of weird.
0: About like we're totally there's like murdering these. I know, (laughs) but and like there's a guard dog who's like throughout the movie is established. It's just like. Well, She's just she, a sweet dog. Who's
1: very well trained. Who's very,
0: very well, well trained. trained. Brandy's
1: so cute. She and won then, the Oscar for best supporting actress.
0: Best supporting <laughs> actress. And then, she, like. She, and then, you know, she goes ham. She
1: goes ham. Also, like Quentin Tarantino using a dog, like totally like, n- unlike Quentin Tarantino. Nuts. So crazy. Uh, yeah, it was brutal. I. I was okay with it. And and honestly, like, and maybe I just have like a total horrible point of view of it, but it was like, if someone's trying to murder me, like it's, you know, you're in self-defense mode now, obviously did they take it overboard? Yes. Because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, obviously they're going to fucking play it up for the screen. Like that wouldn't happen in real life. Like fucking, uh, uh, destroying someone's like literally bashing someone's head in. Like that would not happen in real life like that. Um, You wouldn't come out with a flamethrower and flame somebody. Wait, you know what I mean? You wouldn't? (laughs) Edgar, you don't just have
0: a flamethrower laying (laughs) around?
1: No. Uh, But, you know, it ends like, so you have this like very cathartic moment. I knew of the Sharon Tate murders. So when that happened, I was totally shocked. I was like, what? Like, this is not what I expected at all. I truly expected it to end horribly like right people were gonna die it was gonna be very sad and i was like okay there's quentin tarantino for you nope he totally twisted it on me and i am so glad nobody ruined it for me like no one wrote about it there was no like spoilers out there everyone was well behaved and i got to see that twist and i was like whoa uh of course he is not a, a straight tarantino's not a stranger to revisionist history not at of all of course inglorious bastards spoiler alert for inglorious bastards if you've not seen it it's been out for like almost 10 years now uh Hitler dies in that movie way earlier than he dies in real life and it, it ends World War 2 way earlier than it does in real life. So, he so like a lot of the jokes were like what's the next like national disaster that Quentin Tarantino's going to prevent? <laughs> Like what's the <laughs> next thing that Tarantino's going to do? Like what movie is he going to do that like the revisionist version of like 9/11 or something like what, That's to, what yeah <laughs>
0: That's that was where my head first yeah, went. Yeah. I was Tarantino's like, Ooh, is he
1: going to rewrite 9/11? He's going to do the
0: 9/11 movie." I don't know if I want Tarantino yeah. to tackle 9/11. <laughs> I don't think I want that.
1: So, Tarantino famously has said that he will only make 10 movies. So, he has one left. So, we'll see what he does next. We'll uh, see. But anyways, uh yeah, I I was I knew I knew of the Sharon Tate murder, so when that happened, I was pleasantly surprised. Of course, I did cringe because it was it was violent. It was very violent. It was actually not the most violent he's ever gotten, but it was up there. Just was, because of how unexpected it was. Yeah,
0: I mean, like... That's why. You you go the whole movie. With, yeah,
1: with nothing. With nothing. With nothing. With nothing. And then that happens.
0: And then you get in and it's just like, oh, yeah, we're going balls to the fucking wall. Yes. In a... In a very tight enclosed
1: space, space. yes, it,
0: it, there wasn't a lot of like space in that, no. so it was just like
1: boom boom boom, 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 boom. Like you, you did not catch like your breath. Like no. it just, it just happened, and then it ended very sweetly with, um, so the the heroes prevail. Uh, uh, Brad Pitt does get injured, uh, but he's good and he will survive. Brandy's fine. The dog is fine. Uh, Leo, um, he's outside and. Hearing all the commotion would have Sharon Tate's friend. Of course, they're, by the way, they're neighbors in this movie. I don't think we established that in our recap, but if you've seen the movie, you know. Um, But he gets invited up to have drinks with Sharon Tate. How did you take that ending? Like, how did you feel about that?
0: It's interesting because it it definitely felt like, oh, this is kind of like a precursor to like a larger like history, like a a larger thing now like this guy who thinks he's washed up who like you know is towards the end of like his shining sort of tv movie career right now suddenly has a new lease because he's met sharon tate who's married to roman polanski who's like the biggest director at the time
1: he was he was also in the movie by the way but for like one scene so and also charlie manson was also in the movie uh so quinn tarantino did not give them a lot of screen time no. if at all and he did not I don't think he gave Polanski any lines like no he, none obviously Sharon Tate was married to him during this time so that's why he was included but like Tarantino was not interested in, in like in giving him any more screen yeah, time. Polan- yeah and Polanski had Manson. like a
0: little like there was a little like, like daytime right. stroll with him right. but like that's it
1: and, and Manson too he was literally in it for like two minutes like if that yeah like he was just there and gone Um, which was an interesting decision on Tarantino's part because Manson's one of those like murderers that was revered by a lot of like the public and people. Like there's a lot of strange fascination with them. And that was sort of like Tarantino saying like, fuck this guy, fuck that. You don't get any of that. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Okay, one hot take I saw that I want to run by you, which I thought was sort of interesting. Now that you know the history of it, um, a lot of people were saying, what if Sharon Tate had taken a more active role? What if she was the one who was part of taking revenge on these hippies. How how would you have felt with that ending?
0: I thought it would have been dope, but also, he didn't give her that much to do throughout the whole movie right. and then she comes in at the end. If, it it, it feels like a shoehorning right. of like this person right. into like the truly what is like this bromance type right. of story right. because that's what the movie was. Right. Um, I almost. I think like it's a general. It's like a general criticism of the film where it's just like, yeah, it's a bromance movie, but like, you had no right women in this movie.
1: Right. There, there's hardly. I mean, it was Sharon and like one or two other actresses in the movie. It was mostly about and the and the amazing little girl who's yeah. like such a great actress. But really, it was just Leo and Brad Pitt's story, like their yeah. their bromance, their movie. Um, which is fine, which is whatever. Which is fine. Um, yeah, uh, overall, is it my favorite Tarantino movie? No. Uh, which one's your
0: favorite?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. I would probably go Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown or Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Either of those. I love those movies quite a bit. Um, I, his newer films, I haven't necessarily been the biggest fan of, but I've enjoyed them, uh, Inglourious Bastards, of course. Uh, I like Inglourious Bastards a lot. Django Unchained. Django's not my uh, favorite. Hateful Eight, uh, which is probably my it. least favorite Tarantino movie. It is, if you think this movie's violent, holy crap. Hateful Eight is
0: yeah.
1: uh, insanely I didn't violent. Watch,
0: yeah, um,
1: I anyways, it
0: Yeah. Um, anyways, fun fact Jackie Brown is coming to Netflix this month.
1: Check it out. I love it. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, so wh- how, how would you rate it in your list of Tarantino movies?
0: I mean,. I will say this: Are
1: Tar- you a Tarantino fan?
0: Not really. I'm not the biggest Tarantino okay. fan. I do like Pulp Fiction a lot, yeah. and I love Inglorious Bastards. So I, I like, I you love. like pu- some of his movies. I love Pulp Fiction. I love Inglorious. Oh, Bastards. Kill Bill. How could I forget Kill Bill? Those um, are amazing. Yeah. So, you know, those are movies that I enjoy a lot. Django was meh for me. Um, so you know, Tarantino's just like, yeah, he exists, but there's there's some weird stuff about him, like. Oh, interesting. You know, I have some weird reservations about
1: Mm,
0: Tarantino. Um, Fair enough, fair enough. But I did like this movie. I did like that it was just kind of, you know, like, we're just going to talk about these two dudes who are friends. It's
1: his sweetest movie, like, ever. Like, it really is. And it might be his funniest movie. Yeah. Like. For sure hands down. And for that alone, I think it will be talked about. It's his love letter to Hollywood. Oh yeah. So, I think for that alone cuz he's probably the most famous cinephile that has ever lived. Oh. Um and he's easily. probably easily top directors that has ever lived. Um so that alone making this his love letter to Hollywood, like people will talk about this movie for years to come just because of that.
0: And it's his ninth one.
1: It's his ninth one. That means he has one more. One. The rumor is it's going to be a Star Trek movie, which is nuts. That's that
0: wild. would be... Crazy. crazy!
1: That's his last movie, Tarantino. Because he Star wants, because he
0: wants to do a Chris Pine Star Trek, but it follows the original oh my God. timeline instead of the new established, I mean, I'll watch it. new J.J. I Abrams totally established it. timeline. I would
1: one hundred percent watch it, like which would. would be interesting. I'm sure it's what. Uh, who knows if it'll happen? Who, who knows? knows. Um. Anyways, all right. That has been our review of a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It kind of seems like we both generally we both dug it. We both dug it. Um, uh, you know, is is it my favorite Tarantino movie? No, but I think it's worth a watch. I think it's totally worth a watch. Oh yeah,
0: totally. It is. Go in, maybe a fun reading time. up on Sharon Tate. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah.
1: I highly recommend learn learn about it because I saw it with someone who didn't know about it, so they were totally bewildered by the ending. They were like, "What just happened?" They still enjoyed the movie, but they were just totally ta- like totally taken out of it. Um, And I feel like a a lot of people who are like, especially younger people who are watching the movie are totally like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, But I don't think it will stop you from enjoying it. No. I mean, like I didn't know anything about it and I went in and I
0: still had like a good time.
1: Genuinely enjoyable. Um, All right. That has been our podcast for the week. Uh, Kind of a big one. We tackled a lot today, but it was fun. Um, As always, you can listen to our podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Let us know how we're doing really means a lot to us and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.